Hi, this is Aya Sharif and welcome to the Sustainability Talks podcast series brought to you by Dialectic Institution. Today, we will be speaking to a woman who is versed in the sustainability arena and carries a collective long-standing experience within the corporate and the NGO spheres. She currently assumes the role of the Executive Director for Global Compact Network Lebanon, the largest sustainability initiative convening more than 17,000 businesses and visionary leaders across more than 65 countries to advance the stand vis-à-vis the UN 2030 Agenda. Ever wondering who is she? She is Ms. Dina Fakhouri. Ms. Dina Fakhouri, welcome, and it is an utmost pleasure having you with us today. Thank you, Arya, for hosting me tonight. Thank you so much, Dina. Starting with the inspirational world of the UN system, which is full with visionary leadership and aspirations for a better future. I'm going to go back in history for the year 2015, through which the former UN Secretary General Kofi Annan proposed a call saying, I propose that you, the business leaders gathered in Davos, and we, the United Nations, initiate a global compact of shared values and principles, which will give a human face to the global market. Looking exactly at the statement, a human face to the global market. Ms. Dina, what is the symbolism behind this question? I think um, uh, what Mr. Secretary General Kofi Annan meant by that is that, um, you know, we cannot use the planet the way we used to. We cannot use it and um, uh, its natural resources, as human resources, as if there is no tomorrow. And these are the words of Kofi Annan. Um, If we don't look... Um, very thoroughly into what we are doing, we will not preserve our planet for tomorrow and we will not have any life. So the work that he has done is pioneering and the way we work together under those 10 principles, whether we are talking about human rights, labor rights, environment or anti-corruption, that all uh, serve the SDGs, what we call today the 2030 Agenda, which cover the 17 uh, Sustainable Development Goals. And what is great about these matters, when what started back then with um, Secretary General Kofi Annan is today, and you said it, the largest sustainability initiative in the world. And we all work in the same direction. Can you imagine that collectively and globally, we are all versed on the same principles, we are all versed on the same goals and targets and objectives and trying collectively to do it? There is no better way to do it than to do, do it collaboratively. So, Ms. Dina, driven by this global framework and guidelines for businesses and for the community at large to to deliver better for the world and uh, the environment, could you please introduce us to the world of the United Nations Global Compact and what is its core mandate? Because people don't often really understand what is the mission and the core mandate of this institution and platform. I have to admit one thing before I move into the Global Compact. Today, all UN agencies work on the Sustainable Development Goals. However, the Global Compact is mainly directing its efforts with the private sector. Why? Because the private sector has the power and the possibility to lead the way. You have the public sector, you have the civil sector who are working each on their own with various entities. However, the private sector collectively, um, we are a platform whereby companies join the Global Compact. We cover, as you said before, we're 69 networks. Lebanon is one of them. And we are covering more than 165 countries across the world, managing 17,000 businesses across the world and 4, 000, more than 4,000 non-businesses and academia. 
all of these people are working towards um, the same goals by working more responsibly. When we talk about sustainability, very often people misunderstand what it means. How to be more responsible towards the planet and the people. This is sustainability in a brief sentence. So what do we do at the Global Compact? Um, we are a platform for the companies to learn, to connect and uh, to be able to lead. We, we, there is bold leadership uh, everywhere that we can really feature. And what is important also communicate. When we say communicate, we're talking about communicating on progress because you cannot um, improve what you do not measure. And one way that the Global Compact does it is that we collectively are measuring our impact. We're measuring where we stand. We are analyzing where we stand and what do we need to do in order to advance. Whether we're talking, and when we're talking about the SDGs, we're talking about education, we're talking about um, uh, poverty, we're talking about gender equality, we're talking about the planet and environment, sustainable cities. So it covers almost uh, one of the games that I often do because we have a program with the youth that I often ask the youth, try to find something, a pressing issue in the world that does not exist in the uh, sustainable development goals. And to date, I have not had one single person who could answer. All yeah. of these matters yes. are heavily interconnected. Yes, exactly. And they cover practically everything. Thank you so much. So in a nutshell, like having this platform, this largest sustainability platform convening businesses to deliver on the SDGs, would love to ask a question from a national spectrum. What is the status quo of the Lebanese network today? And more importantly, what is the normative impact is it providing to the Lebanese private sector and specifically in the times of crisis? Unlike what you would uh, tend to think that today under this severe crisis, multiple crises that we are facing, you would think that private sector is not uh, currently um, worried about sustainability. Uh, you'd be surprised to see that they are immensely because um, they are completely aware uh, that one of the reasons um, that the crisis we are living, uh, one of the reasons behind the crisis is the fact that we have not worked on multiple factors. We're talking here about anti-corruption, about peace building, about all of these things that really matter for us to be able to build a country. Are there certain companies within the Lebanese private sector working on their um, net zero reductions and their contributions to climate action specifically? Because Absolutely. More than ever. Because, Interesting. Because yeah. the talk says uh, no, the private sector is more focused on poverty, zero hunger, education. Uh, net zero, uh, by the way, is money making. Uh, uh, saving energy and we see it today in our daily life today people have um, what we have been trying to preach for more than a decade is today applicable because they found out finally that this is the way to go and actually it's financially more viable uh, if you uh, talk about uh, food waste today people are not wasting food because um, they they cannot afford it financially uh, they are using solar energy and clean energy and other th sources of energy not by choice, but at the end of the day, it's today that they understood that this is really the answer to every crisis and at the same time saving the planet. So you're doing two things at the same time. And they're unlocking new business opportunities. Uh, the whole world is changing, is moving towards renewable energy um, opportunities. Dina, looking at, at your biography and all of the talks that you've been delivering throughout your contributions with the UN Global Compact Ecosystem, You've always emphasized on this motto, a little by each, a lot by everyone. 
So I'd like to delve into my most favorite question for this episode. Global Compact is driven by the firm belief that the private sector assumes a central role in driving sustainability. However, collective action, and specifically through multidisciplinary partnerships, is the manifesto of its vision. So drilling into the Lebanese stand, where does the Lebanese Lebanese network stand today regarding this mission? And what role are you playing today amidst this economic social crisis in bridging the ties and bringing multiple key players together to serve for the greater collective good? This is a multi-layered question, actually. Yes. I will. I would like to start by my motto in life, a little by each, a lot by everyone, where it came from. It came from, from the fact that uh, being younger, I was driven always and I wanted to change the world. And at one point in your life, you'd find out that you cannot you are not being able to do the impact that you want to do. So you somehow give up until one day I said, okay, fine, I have my role to play and others have their roles to play. So if I start by playing my own role, maybe I can make an impact. And this is where I started really drilling into bringing back this energy to um, uh, collectively, to personally impact and actually to uh, sort of transmit this drive for people to do the same. Um, Talking about partnerships, this is something that is very dear to my heart. And unfortunately, we, we are in a country and in culture that lacks trust and partnership needs trust. And this is where you, um, we started actually, unfortunately, with a very unfortunate incident. Uh, partnerships were built um, very naturally after the blast. Uh, the blast has forged a new nature for the Lebanese people because they could not do it on, on their own. Uh, and they found out that uh, working together, uh, they can do better. On the other side, if you see any um, global vision, today nobody's willing to work with you unless you are uh, working with um, other partners. If you are working on your own, if you're a loner, you will not get anywhere. So by building these bridges, we are able to do so. And the pandemic has its own role, positive role, unfortunately, to play whereby by, um, we were able to connect globally very quickly through the new tools that were offered to us um, uh, during the pandemic. And one of the roles that we play uh, as at the Global Compact is eventually to um, lead the way on how to partner together. What are the essential tools that you need to be able to partner? In partnership, there's a difference between partnership and collaboration. Collaboration is something that comes haphazardly and you do it very naturally. Whereas partnership has its own regulations, its own frameworks. Way. There's a framework, complete framework, the way you assess it, the way what each one needs to deliver. And only then can you eventually get somewhere. And fortunately for us today, that spirit is there and we need to build on it for it not to disappear as soon as the crisis disappears. Thank you very much. So. Dina, as we can understand that this Global Compact Network Lebanon is a platform which is enabling businesses to come and to collaborate, do uh, partnerships for a common cause, which is the Lebanon we all want. Uh, what happened actually, this was not part of our job, but we found that the need on the ground was there. And um, our participant engagement uh, manager actually um, did all his effort. Elio and Moaka, he... Uh, the main effort that he was doing was to try and bridge people together because at the end of the day, we have a huge network. 
and we are able to collaborate. And we have the legitimacy and the credibility for people to go through us. When you introduce people to each other, they trust that if they're doing it through to a you, legitimate platform. Exactly. So the trust is already there. This is the trust I was talk talking about. And um, most of our work since 2021 and um, until um, uh, mid-2022 was almost to try and connect people together and bridge connecting them. Connecting the dots. Connecting the dots and for them to collaborate. And, you know, because you are in a platform where you you are exposed to so many initiatives, so many people working on so many things, you are able to connect the dots and you are able to bridge them together and say, oh, this is... Uh, this company is doing this, but this company is doing that and they can collaborate and actually they can have a better formula. One plus one is not equal to plus one plus one equals three because you have another new element that comes in. Yes, and this will definitely and, and certainly will amplify the impact towards advancing the stand on the UN 2030 agenda. Dina, let us admit today that there is a common belief that whenever the talk is geared towards SDG implementation, advancement, policymaking, people and citizens across the globe tend to, to think that this is a primary responsibility and mission of the state government. However, businesses carry a central role and the civil society carries a central role and acad academia as well carries a very strategic role. Could you please tell us and walk us through how businesses can be champions for SDG advancement uh, through their management? Um, you're talking about cross-sector partnerships and cross-sector um, advancement, collective, collective advancement. And today, definitely the government has its role to play. And they have also pledged and signed on so many agreements to be able to advance on the 2030 agenda. Private-public partnerships. Pri Private-public partnership and also the VNRs where they have to report on where they stand on the 2030 agenda. And this is voluntary, yes, but all those states are practically part of it today. And um, uh, whether we like it or not, all of us are involved in this together. And the private sector, of course, they can advance on human rights, they can advance on How? creating by uh, creating job opportunities, by uh, the labor rights that are preserved, by uh, um, upskilling their uh, employees to be to be able to work. Given, yani, uh, today, uh, the environment of work needs to uh, change. And uh, for, we have been discussing this for uh, almost uh, two weeks at the office, how the world is changing and we need to adapt. And it can change in a better uh, direction or it can go in the worse direction. And actually on our way here, we were discussing it also as well. Um, the private sector has its role to play because they need to embed in their processes and systems on all their targets and objectives that they need to meet. And it's not, you cannot say I am for gender equality and just not do anything. You have an advocacy role, you have a pro uh, creating uh, systems and uh, in place in the, uh, in the companies for them to advance on these things. This is an example I'm giving. But this goes to also uh, economic empowerment, education, uh, sustainable cities. Uh, we are uh, whether you are talking about so many industries and all the industries are involved, whether you're doing architecture, you're doing engineering, you're doing um, uh, agriculture. All of these can embrace the SDGs and implement them for us to have a healthier and a better way of living that is more decent. Interesting. Dina, speaking about the role of the private sector, I have one concrete question. Today in Lebanon, 
is SDG leadership on the rise? Are there um, like are there best practices for Lebanese companies? Are they delivering? Are we moving from rhetoric to real impact? Um, indeed, because they have to measure. And fortunately for us, as of next year, the Global Compact collectively and globally and regionally and locally, we are measuring on open source data. So we'll be getting the data from all over the world on how they are advancing and who is doing what. So this will enable the world to... Um, assess. Assess. Okay. And access best practices. And access best practices and see who is doing, which industries are leading the world. Um, we can talk about so many companies who are doing... I don't, I don't want to mention specific um, companies here. Uh, but today you have so many companies who really believe in um, leading the way on doing good for, First thing was for retaining their employees. You as an employee today cannot work for somebody you do not respect and who does not have uh, a vision on how to become better. And the world is changing and we need to align. On the other side, for more practical reasons, today, if you want to get um, a loan, if you want to get uh, funds or anything, if you are not uh, working in that direction, you are out of the market. And today, if you do not move towards sustainability, you are out of the market. And this... Um, Because the you, market demands are shifting. The consumer, the shareholder, the stakeholders, all of them want responsible companies. We can see today huge companies across the world who are being lashed because they are not behaving properly and responsibly. Thank you so much. Uh, happy to know about this... Um, automated uh, reporting platform and definitely and certainly this will serve as a hub and a platform for best practices to like um, lead the way for businesses and to build this contagious energy you know the energy is contagious between the corporate sector so if company y sees company x advancing more on one of the sdgs this energy is being contagious and this is really inspiring this is positive jealousy yes <laughs> Dina, um, moving to a space where I believe is your soft spot as a person. Why do I feel that you're going to talk about the youth? <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> so today, yeah, when we look at the UN halls and when we attend the strategic events, strategic strategic meetings uh, and general assemblies as, as well, all voices of all leaders, multidisciplinary leaders, whether they're coming from the business sector, the UN sector, government, NGO sector, the academic sectors, all of their voice, voices are being directed towards youth empowerment and inclusion, youth development and inclusion. So the question is, how is the Lebanese network putting the youth at the heart of its vision, given it's a platform for businesses? and delivering tangible impact on that end. As you said, uh, Aya, uh, our main uh, focus is are the businesses. But if we want to build the businesses tomorrow and we need to be ahead of time for that, we need to start with the youth and make sure that they are at least aware, exposed to everything that is going around them for them to lead the world in a better way. Uh, last year, we launched a new program called the SG Brain Lab, which was we targeted We worked with eight universities. We had uh, more than 300 students who enrolled in this program. And it came through um, three hubs. The hubs are training hub uh, where students are exposed to um, 
sustainability issues like purpose-driven leadership, we're talking about circular economy, social media for social impact, and so on and so forth. And we had another hub that is really to foster their entrepreneurial skills because innovation comes usually from youth. And today, more than ever, we need innovative ideas in order to make a greater impact on the businesses and the communities. And the third one was about um, what we call the data hub, which was more about um, uh, directing them on how to do a research, how to be able to collect data and how to report. And we had beautiful results. We had, um, first they were exposed to so many experts and CEOs and leaders in the world. So they were gaining the know-how. They needed to be exposed to the landscape. Today, when you want to go and work, you need to know where to look, what to look for, where to look for and whom to approach. So they were exposed to more than 120 experts across uh, the Lebanese landscape and sometimes outside the Lebanese landscape in order for them to hear them, listen to them and talk to them. That's and truly impactful. Yeah, absolutely. The second part was to um, for them, as I said, for the Brain Hub to foster their entrepreneurial uh, skills. They worked on uh, six projects and uh, fortunately for us, they were uh, the three winning projects that they that were pitched uh, are today incubated and might materialize into real entrepreneurial projects. And the third one, the, wow. data, the data hub ended up in a report that is today published in many universities that was actually studying what we were discussing previously that... Um, the, Lebanese, the, the impact of the Lebanese crisis on sustainability behaviors in the youth, Lebanese youth. And uh, the students really um, discovered that there are so many things happening positively out of this crisis that we are living, learning. So this report is uh, accessible to everyone now? It's accessible now? on our website. It's accessible in many libraries of many universities today. And um, at the end of the program, we uh, selected according to certain criteria, obviously, because we always work with criteria, uh, 15 ambassadors. And these 15 ambassadors are working within their immediate communities and within their universities to promote the SDGs and to promote the sustainability across their immediate environment. And this can only benefit everybody. And Dina, they, tell us about the energy and the passion of these ambassadors. I, I, I was, I, 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 when I talk about them, I just can imagine them. This afternoon, we received some pictures about um, students working uh, with an MUBS on a project. Uh, some others opened some clubs in their universities. Uh, other uh, universities are, are doing uh, workshops. Um, and we have put at their disposal our, even our offices, anything that they need also to support them. But they are doing a marvelous job. Their energy is really contagious. If you see them speaking, two of them went to Jordan by um, for the Jusur initiative that is really empowering youth and how to create um, uh, job opportunities. GCNL for... paved their way to Jordan. To exactly. It's, wow. um, yeah, because today the pool of engaged youth within this network that we have created really is um, being contagious. And um, uh, when Esquire reached out to us to say, do you have two people who really deserve to be upskilled and at the same time who can represent Lebanon to go for the Jusur initiative that is uh, actually to create jobs across the Arab world? Um, they went and they are so thrilled. They, can, they, they, ha they have benefited from every second. They were sending us videos, photos, comments, uh, mails, 
uh, telling us about how enriching this experience is. And how uh, it's a turning point in, their, turning in point. their lives. We even had one of the students who participated in the Leaders' Summit as a speaker. In New York? In, uh, yeah, he was in the Leaders' Summit. Uh, uh, this is a global event that we have, one of our flagship events. And he was invited to speak during the Leaders' Summit. And his intervention, oh my God, you should have seen the comments in the chat when he was participating and talking. And he is really, really, really good. And uh, the students today, and this is something I, I always say, the youth of today are more aware than we think they are. And it's just giving them the push or the opportunity for them to be able to lead the way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'll comment here. So today, when you speak to, to, to people in their 30s and their 40s about the SDGs, the majority say that they're not really familiar with this notion and the UN 2030 agenda. But it gives me, you know, it makes my heart bigger when I speak to the youth aging from 18 to 24 or sometimes 34. They are really immersed in the ecosystem and they are really concerned about climate action. And they are really concerned about human rights and this like... Um, integrated agenda and this is really very heartwarming i think the the major mistake that people make that uh, they think that the sustainable development goals and the work that we are doing is just about the environment it's also about human rights labor rights corruption anti-corruption so uh, sh we should not omit that part and um, climate uh, change has been at the forefront of all the discussions at the general assembly in new york so You can imagine how important it is for all of us. Every single one of us is impacted directly or indirectly by the climate change. So we need to move and we need to move fast. Yes, cancer is on the rise. People are losing their jobs, the natural disasters that are happening in across several continents. Uh, Dina, this is really very, very emotional, but it, I really love the work of the network, how it's keeping the Lebanese youth on the global map because they have been... Uh, deprived. Some some have been like really deprived from their educational rights, from their participatory rights. So would really love to congratulate you on this work. And what And we, we did actually, Aya, this year, what, what was more important for us is to have also students outside the universities because so many people can left not, out. They they were left out. And our motto also as UN is to leave no one behind. No, leave no one behind. Yeah. And how's the experience? of these students in, in, in particular? Uh, we have not because we just started last week, so it's too early to say, but we want to address ourselves to all the youth. Our only condition is for people to be 18 to 24. Okay. So this is the only condition that we put. Otherwise, it's open to everyone. And the more people are in and with the more we can englobe people and for them to share experiences and to share this... Uh, Create this community. Exactly. Create a community of responsible uh, youth is amazing. Not the future managers of tomorrow. The Absolutely. Responsible the leaders. leaders of tomorrow. Yes. So if you, if anyone wants to uh, explore the stories of these youth, they are present on your social media. They are present on our social media. They have not been activated yet because we just started last week. But soon you will see them. But you can also see the work of our ambassadors of last year, the cohort of last year, who is, we have created a group with the alumni of last year. And we provide them also with all sorts of opportunities that there exist in terms of learning experiences, working opportunities, internship opportunities. 
So this is one of the things also is our network members last year offered internships for our net, for our students. That's so interesting. So Kamen, you're paving the way for them to kickstart their career pathway. And this is like really a note for business leaders or companies who are aspiring to start developing their own internship programs to come and keep an eye on uh, on the SDG Brain Labbers. So Dina, like really, I cannot, um, cannot get enough of this talk, but as we aim to conclude this very inspirational talk, in one sentence, can you please tell us what does it mean for you to be a future-proof leader and how it is aligned with sustainability? A leader, in my opinion, basically the way I define a leader is someone who gets the best out of everybody. Every, everybody that is around you, you need to get the best out of them. This is the role of a leader. And another thing that I learned actually through a dialectic, uh, when we had this uh, dialectic SDG... Um, youth for SDGs. Youth for SDGs. Uh, I learned that also a leader is someone who provides a safe place for people to be able to grow. Wow, safety. So, Yeah, safety is important. Getting the best out of people is something else. So doesn't I think need um, any you, further elaboration. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dina. That was really great. It was very insightful to learn from you insights on SDG leadership and concrete sustainability efforts happening in Lebanon for the greater collective good and the Lebanon we all want. And big thank you to our listeners for their uh, passionate listening. And don't forget to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast series to stay ahead of the curve and learn all trends relating to sustainability and responsible leadership. Thank you and we connect soon.